0: Welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy, Darcy, on this Wednesday night, April 19th, 2023, talking all things AFL fantasy, following an absolutely epic gather round here in Radelaide. And joining me, as always, is the Pod Squad. First of all, we have two-time top 10 finisher, Holmesy. Mate, how jealous of you of, are you of the gather round, being that uh, the West Australian sook that you are?
1: Uh, Nah mate Uh, Well done to Adelaide It was a Seemed like a good event And uh, I know you'll get to it Dossie I think you went to Six games of footy And What a round to have Your absolute worst Fantasy score for the year So that would have been Fantastic (laughs) for you eh
0: Yep, and sorry, I know we've got a lot of West Australian listeners. Just just for the caveat, I'm actually also West Australian, born and bred, so technically a West Australian sook myself, but very happy to have the Gather Round coming back to Adelaide for another three years. Hopefully, you, you'll be joining us over here next year, maybe, Holmesy, with a bit of time to plan. You never know.
1: Um, yeah, it would be good. I think they'll absolutely jack the prices up next year, knowing how much oh, yeah. of a good thing they're on to, but, you know, maybe the 28-hour drive across the Nullarbor will be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and actually, Holmesy, you'll be pleased to know we have a special
0: guest with us this episode. It is the hat Chat's own statesman. Welcome, mate. <laughs> kind of you to kind of you to show your face on this show.
2: I think I'm the last out of us three that have been on the hat Chat this year, so I think that's a little bit unfair. Um, I will say, Dossie, and apologise to the listener already. Um, We're burning the midnight oil. Um, As you know, I'm slightly older than these uh, other lads and it's well past my bedtime seeing I get up at five in the morning.
0: It It is pretty late at the moment. We did have a slight delay. Hopefully, Louis will be joining us this show. We don't know if he will be. His power's gone out. Um, he believes it's due to a, a cracking trade he just pulled off in his Keeper League. Hopefully, we can have a chat to him about it. Just brought in Harry Sheasel, Harry managed to get him in the Keeper League. So, he reckons that's blown the power out in his neighbourhood, Stato.
2: And I will say, uh, I just need to join on the bandwagon here, though. Although I was actually born uh, and raised in Tasmania, I'm actually a Western Australian too. I've spent more time in Western Australia uh, during my adult life, than any other state or territory, closely followed by Victoria, but uh, WA leads the way, and I'm a dual rate payer in WA, so I'm batting for the West as well.
0: I did. I thought you were a sook as well, there, Stato. So three sooks on the pod today. Let's get into the content. We're talking about the round that was. It was gather round, as we've mentioned a few times. And as Holmesy, you did kindly mention before, it was my worst score of the season. But why don't we kick it off with how you went, Holmesy? I think you're still on your rise back to to greatness yourself, even though it is make Stato great again this year.
1: Uh, yeah, nah, Dos. absolutely nowhere near the statesman at the moment. Another. Uh, I'll say par round for my ranking I guess I went up another couple of thousand spots To just outside 15k With a 2,091 And yeah it was good to have A, a decent score it was looking pretty dire There on Sunday but uh, With a few players that I'll get to coming up it was It was nice to come home really strong on that Sunday
0: Stato, do you want to take us through your elite season that you're having? Um, despite not providing us many much advice in the preseason and, and ghosting the chats, he, he's got the nickname the Ghostman at the moment, doing everything he can to avoid us providing good advice. Um, doing some nice work on Hatchat though. But uh, Stato, aka <laughs> a- 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 the Ghostman, how was your round? <laughs>
2: Oh, you guys are harsh with a jealousy. Um, Look, at the end of the day, uh, like many others, I hit the double bullet uh, last week. So I kept one which was basically force being day. So he sat on my bench. Um, So I ended up with a 2160, but I did move up the rankings, which was um, probably a little bit of a shock, but uh, a couple of those pods working out for me. Uh, So my rank's now 295.
0: Stato lifting the pod pod flag high and proud, making Stato great again. It's continuing on. It's great to see Stato. It's great to see the FOSS back uh, to his absolute best so hopefully that continues to go. Uh, Me on the other hand I just thought I was getting too far ahead of the comp I thought I'd give him a a good chance to get back in contention myself and just thought I'd pop a a pretty average score for the round to give you guys like yourself Stato a bit of a chance at the Lux before I come storming home. It was just the 18.99 for me this week a bit of a a bit of a modest score for Dossie and uh, plummeting uh, I think it was beyond 10k, down to Holmesy territory uh, beyond 15,000 there. So, uh, 15, can, we touch,
1: can we touch on that quickly, Dossy boy? <laughs> here, here can we, we just for the listeners? So, two weeks here ago, we I was ranked outside 52k, and you were ranked one and a half k, and I've overtaken you. Can we? Can we just talk about that? Look, it's a
0: it's a tight comp. As I said, mate, it's a tight comp this year. Look, it's just going to take one week to get me back in contention. I was feeling too too happy at the top. It was too easy for me this year, so I just thought I'd drop back a bit, you know, feel like it's what it's like to be like you, mate, back in the pack, and then I'm going to rise way back up again this week. Uh, Let's get into our Lux or Sucks, and we'll start with the Lux. You know the Lux is mine from the start. Stato, take us through your Lux for the week.
2: Well, I'm giving a Lux to uh, Warple, actually, 114. Now, to be fair, about two weeks ago, I was pretty distraught that I didn't get rid of him. Um, But, look, with obviously Day going out and and Mackenzie's role changing more and more out of the CBAs, uh, so all of a sudden two positions had sort of cleared up. He got back into that inside role uh, and played really well. Um, agreed he hasn't got the polish of some others, but he, he's a good extractor. Uh, so 114 with that change role, certainly covered having Day hiding away for a couple of weeks.
0: Yep, a proud uh, trade-out of uh, Warple for me a couple of weeks ago. Brought him in for the one-week special. Out he goes. Then, of course, yeah, the role change happens again, gets a bit more mid-time. And, yeah, um, I, actually one of the games Before I didn't you see. trade...
2: Before your trade, Dossie, you would have known the day was out for two weeks?
0: I uh, don't think so. I think it was before that. Oh, okay. Before, it was the yeah. week before. I, I literally brought him in for one week and I didn't have him, which was the smart move. And then I brought it. Look, the Dossie curse is back. We all know it. Okay. Um, Holmesy, who was your Lux for the week?
1: Yeah, I'm actually going to just give this to two players, my, my two St Kilda boys. So special mention to Rowan Marshall, who I know all of the comp has, but um, as my captain coming home on, late on Sunday Arvo, being the second top score for the round, just behind Nick Dacos. Um, that was a fantastic um, way to finish the round, but I'm going to give it to Brad Crouch. Uh, 118, uh, kicked two goals in that, um, was actually just playing some very good football and, and keeping his side in the game. So... Um, Although I gave Stato a bit of shit two weeks ago, he's been um, fantastic for me and he's keeping me in the hunt at the moment.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It just, he needs to get his game of footy right for you, Holmesy. So this week he was just brilliant early in the game and slowly sort of faded away. Last week he was... Um, 23 at half time and stormed home for 125 for you. So, if you can put this week's first half and next or la- the previous week's second half together for you, he's going to smash out 160 plus.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting though with Jack Steele coming back yeah, this true. week whether that does hinder him a little bit, but you'd think with another good player in there and it might actually help him a little bit. So I'm interested to see how that dynamic is.
2: And, and look, at the end of the day, last five games last year is 126 with Jack still playing. So
3: Yeah, and, exactly.
2: And, and with Jack still having a bit of a shoulder issue last season, same thing happened here. I think you're on a winner. I might have said it in the draft, Doctors. i would heard whispers that Ross the boss absolutely loves Crouch um, and it looks like it's true.
0: It's a great spot to be in, Holmes. I yeah, do like having that sort of a point of difference right now, hopefully it continues obviously, but having that sort of a point of difference right now where nobody's going to be trading into a guy like Crouch, I don't think. Like it's yeah, he's that great. expensive, it's that hard to get him and you've just got him, you know, at a great time. I think when you are sort of in dire straits yourself, you, you as you said, and you, your season is kind of turning around as Crouch is kind of lifting you up. So it's good to see, mate. Um, My Lux for the week... Surprisingly, I'm going with my trade in this week, and it is Jack Bose. So in a week where I only got 1899, Jack Bose Smash rose out, eh? the flag high with what was that? What did he what did he bring in for me? So I brought him in after a few pretty nice scores. He got a few 80s, was coming up against West Coast. Oh, he got the 49, including a goal in that score when I bring
1: him in. <laughs> What was 49? the group? What was the group chat quote? Dossie sixty eight in the second half. He's gone one He's going one thirty six next week. We're on. We're on. Dossie's on. Dossie goaded. And you special. know why? Uh,
0: this <laughs> is, is This is my. This is my luck segment, guys, and I'll tell you why. Because on, on the double header Saturday, look, I was I was at the footy with Hef. Uh, we met one of the fans as well, Paddy Lulia. Great to meet you, mate. It was uh, It's good to see some of the guys out there. Dossie had a few. Doss, no, Dossie had no. had a. Had a Potentially a few too many on the Saturday. I'm giving Jack Bowes my lux because I was too seedy on the Sunday to make the West Coast Geelong game. So I didn't even get to see that putrid display from Jack Bowes. So I'm glad I didn't even go and see you in person. He's my sucks for the week. Um, oh, my lux, sorry uh, that I didn't get to see him. All right, let's get on to the actual sucks for the week. Why don't I just keep? Con- why don't I just continue on here? I've got a couple more for you. My captain, Josh Smelly, over in the bloody Norwood Oval. Narrow ground, figured this guy up against the Hawks. You know, narrow ground for a guy who sometimes spends some time on the wing, mostly runs through the middle. No, 76 for my captain. Now you're getting an idea of why I scored so crap. And then I also had LD Spew out in Mount Barker who couldn't get a touch to save his life. Stato, I think you've got the same sucks as me here. Do you want to just continue on here for LD Spew?
2: Yeah, LD Spew was a bit tough to watch, to be honest. Now, um, I I started with him and his first two weeks were absolutely magnificent. Then he's given us a a slip away for round three, pulled out of the game three minutes before it started. So I actually had to sit on him as a a donut on on my field. Uh, And then he's come back with a 91 and a 76. So I thought I'd watch this game closely It's an opportunity for LDU to come back. And to be honest, he either got first touch of the footy at uh, a centre bounce, uh, otherwise he just looked uninterested. He just didn't seem to care. My first reaction the first half was maybe he's a bit unwell, um, but I'm expecting him to bounce back at Gold Coast. Uh, For your other sucks, Josh Smelly, I think he'll be fine. Um with Tom Green out, he's back in the, the CBAs uh big time this week and I think he'll sort himself out for you. Um that seventy-six was a bit of a shock to everyone, DOS.
0: Yeah, just a shame. He was on he had the Don to the sea for me this week, and I tell you what, um I do want Josh Kelly at my funeral, you know, lifting me into the ground there so he can just let me down one last time. Every year he finds a way to let you down, Josh Kelly. Um, Kyle?
2: Can I I say, Doss, there's nothing worse on the weekend when your actual squad's in a good position. Sorry, you wouldn't know that too often, Doss, but um, Holmesy would. Uh, When you're actually in a good position and Holmesy felt this um, round four and when your pod is just who, who's the right player the homework's in it's going to work out when your pod is sucking so brad crouch giving you 23 in the first half that's just heart sinks mm. uh, and watching ldu knowing he's only owned by 11 percent of the competitions that was just gut-wrenching on the weekend
0: It's brutal stuff. Uh, Holmesy, round out this sucks for us so we can move on, mate.
1: Yeah, once again, I'm going to give this to two players and they're my Bulldogs boys. So Marcus Bontempelli and Jack McRae just for their last quarter, um, combining for a total of 20 points. Um, Not really what I needed at the end of that game considering they were both on 60-plus at halftime. So a little bit disappointing. I still think the Bulldogs are going to find their way and they're going to start to, to play some good football. They've had some pretty tough matchups, But, yeah, when everyone else was jumping off McCray and Bont's pretty unique, for them to put up that last quarter score was a bit disappointing. All right. Um, just before we get into our hot
0: topics for the week, Stato, we haven't done an update of the Pod Pod Challenge as yet, which is our complete league full of our listeners, um, just a kind of overall rank lead there, Um we, let's who's uh, who's who's leading that charge? There is it is it the
2: mighty statesman? Uh, no, but he's up oh. in the, the <laughs> high end of the leaderboard. God bless him. He's a he's a nice bloke there. For him. <laughs> um, I, I will say, uh, unlike Holmesy, um, there's a Pelly that's doing pretty well in AFL fantasy, and that's Boston Pelly. Uh, that's Joshua's team. He's leading the Pod Pod challenge. Uh, overall, he's sitting in 18th spot. Uh, don't Take It to Hartlett is sitting second. Whistlecats third. Um, and then this great man in seventh position. So watch out the top six. I'm, I'm coming after you. But not this week, scene. So I'm going to have Tom Green and Will Day sitting on the pine. So it might be a couple of weeks, before challenging. But uh, well done. Well um, done. Uh, to Kristen, Victor, and Joshua being the top three at the moment.
0: Perfect. And our listener league still going strong as well. Louis... Smashing it this week. Four out of five Ws from his his men there. Uh, Holmesy, the three. Dossy just two of five. Stato, one of four victories there. And Harmy, don't know if he's actually got a victory yet. He's only got one team representing him, but he's all of one this week yet again. Uh, leading the charge there as well is Team Louie. He's got uh, Luca. Sharks Revenge is the overall leader in the Pod, Pod Listener League. All right, let's get into the hot topics for the week. And guys, uh, DPPs probably just has to be the number one because they've been released, usually just provides a little bit of flexibility. I think a couple of the big names, we've got Jack Zeeble, who's added defensive status and Harry Sheezel, of course, being able to be moved back there. Sheasel owned by majority or should be all of the comp, as we've said a few times, I think it's around the 70%. Uh, Zeeble, much less than that, but a couple of but just a bit of flexibility to add to our teams, uh, Stato.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It does help. Um, It's funny. I'm not using that uh, moving forward into defence, which I think a lot of people were going to do, and it's because I shored up my defence reasonably early because I was worried about that D6 position. Um, But, look, it does help. Um, I'm not a great believer of... um, uh, trading people in because of a DPP, but I'm certainly it provides greater options. So Bailey Smith is one I'll keep an eye on. Um, hasn't started the season well, off for a couple of weeks. Um, he's lost a fair bit of cash. So I will sit there and keep my eye on Bailey Smith until I see the needle turn. And I'll look at an opportunity to pounce on him because if he goes anywhere near what his potential is, uh, he's certainly a top six. So I'll keep an eye on that. Um, I think I'm a bit too wary on Whitfield at this stage, but he's one I'll keep an eye on. Uh, Again, he's um, dropping that that cash, but um, at his best yet again, I think he's a, a great option.
1: And I tell you what, Stato, sometimes I wish uh, Fantasy Frico and Warnie would just keep their mouths shut a little bit and not reveal this information because I'd be quite happy not knowing, but Christian Petrarca missing forward status by 0.07% oh. off a back of a season high 81% midfield time this round. That would have been something that could have helped kickstart my, kick my season and be one ahead of the comp. Yeah. But just shows that role that he's playing, spending a lot of time forward and he's still getting it done. So hopefully maybe come round 11, there's a there's a chance he's a gets forward status and he's easily one we could flick forward and, and get another top eight mid. So he's been quite good to start the season.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of more options that we'll talk about throughout the show. Um, I think... Is there any other players that really took your fancy, Holmesy? I think there's one guy that I'm going to be excited about in the future years. I just want to put my flag on this uh, this right now, but Nasir oh, wanganin cool. Millera, Another one of his boys. Sure. is going to be such a fantasy stud for us uh, in the near future. He's already looking like an absolute star of the comp. Great to see him in person as well. He's already taking kick-ins and he is just absolute silk back there. Wouldn't surprise me if he goes on a run, but I think he's only like a second-year player, isn't he, as well? So, anyway, Correct. one for the future, but um, great to see. Already have you. him in my
2: keepers, dossier. Mm, Got him squared well.
0: away. Done well. Holmesy, but anyone else there that sort of tickles your fancy? There's a Ben Keys, Taylor Adams, Lockie Ash is out of defensive status. There's a few others.
1: Nah, there's a lot of um, players that are clearly going to be more draft relevant now, but I think a, a really underrated um, one that we're not really talking about is The fact that Wilmot got midfield status and if we can swing a little bit of DPP around so that we've got more links, it's going to provide a lot more flexibility moving forward. So that's a a good one that we've got. And the fact that Mackenzie's now got forward status and even uh, Roberts has forward status is going to be quite handy for owners moving forward. All right. uh, Let's get into some of the other hot
0: topics for the week. You've mentioned it a couple of times off the top here. Stato, but Tom Green has... Already taken his week suspension. This is what we get doing a later podcast in the week. Sometimes is helpful for these. So Merritt as well. He's got the week, and then Taylor Adams, who's in just draft leagues. But let's just talk about Green and Merit. If you're an owner, what are you going to be doing there, Stato?
2: Uh, holding. Um, so look, at the end of the day, but the role is to get the rookies off the field. So I'll still go the one up, one down, um, and replace a, a rookie on field and. Next week I'll do the same thing, taking a rookie off field as well as add Will Day and Tom Green into my squad. So effectively you do um, uh, three rookies off the field next week. So it's a little bit of pain right now and I'm expecting that my rank will drop a fair bit. Um, I'm probably losing anywhere between 80 and 120 points this week. And if I go back 120 points, the... The rank's probably sitting around 4,000. So I'm expecting a drop um, next week um, or this weekend, um, but prime for the following weekend with the uh, the extra primos on the field.
0: Now, that's the, that's the opinion of a man, obviously, right up in contention, probably can afford to go back a week and then rise back up. Holmesy, um, I know that you've been much more aggressive trying to chase and come back into contention from where you are still, you know, obviously still out in the, the 15K region, are you still being really aggressive with your trades? And if you were in that sort of a position and and people in who are listening are trying to contend, you'd imagine, are you going to be aggressive here and trade someone if they've got a week? I don't know if you're an owner, but just in general?
1: Yeah, Doss, I am a Tom Green owner and yeah, I am going to trade Tom Green. It's, it's unfortunate. Um, he's been very good for us. He's been putting up top eight midfield numbers at the moment. Whether that continues, um, only time will tell. But yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to look to trade him. I'm not looking to go down to a mid-price option to get another mid-price option. I'm going to go essentially sideways with a DPP and look for a genuine you know, top sort of three in their line. So maybe a Canelio or a or Dawson who I've missed um, and then still look to do a rookie upgrade elsewhere to to get a rookie off field that way i think that's probably probably the best play for someone in my position who's a little bit further back um i can completely understand statesman lo- statesman's logic of of not worrying about it just taking the hit now but um yeah i think there's definitely merit in trading for someone that's in my position that just has no choice but to try and make up that 80 to 120 points that stato's um willing to to square away
0: yeah, and I guess I guess that's I've done the opposite. I've held some of my premiums like Will Day and, and a Tom Cole, and it's and it sent me the other way down the, uh, down, <laughs> down, the down the ladder there. Uh, okay, so that's I think that you've got both perspectives there, and I think both. Um, you know have some merit if you'll uh, pardon the pun all right what about some ongoing cool. nature of these suspensions this year as well do you, do you think this is just i mean it is it's becoming such a hot topic in general we are we're in our hot topics but it is becoming such a huge hot topic in the AFL these these suspensions due to these slings that are obviously nowhere near probably what we're used to being classified as a week but now it's clear that they've they've made a statement and this is going to happen more often is it just something that we are just as fantasy coaches stated we're just going to have to navigate this season and and deal with one week after one week and and sort of take this logic that we've just discussed into each trade here?
2: It's exactly like an injury. You just have to deal with what's in front of you. This is a game and there's going to be some challenges. Um, But you can deal with challenges a okay So just putting into perspective, I'm ranked in the top 300. I've had five bullets so far. I've had two laid outs, one I couldn't react to and one I could react to. Um, so I've had a primo with a big fat zero sitting there in the middle of my field and uh, come back with two very um, underwhelming scores as well but that's another point. But, so it's just something we need to deal with. Um, the game needs to run as the game. All we need to do is react. There's no point us complaining about it. We don't achieve anything. Um, uh, it's it's a bit the same as um, the sub rule that's going to create its challenges. It did with um, with all coaches with Jimby this week, um, and that's going to happen on a reasonably regular basis. I, I think some had the see on Marshall because of the match up against Collingwood and um, the the club managing their probably most important player. Um, um, subbing him out at three-quarter time. I heard a lot of coaches that had him as, as captain. They're just the things um, that sit there as barriers that we need to navigate. So the the more we try to manage um, and look after our premiums like Tom Cole uh, to ensure that they're, they're A-OK and they're in at the right weeks and off at the right weeks, DOS, um, is really important for us. But, look, it... it, it creates uh, another challenge which I, I will say this is the part I like. I like the strategy of it all um, and managing and I calculated all different options. Can I actually get advantage by um, getting rid of Tom Green? Now I will say the reason why I'm sticking with Tom Green is what he said he potentially might be a top 8 mid. Now I'm not saying he definitely is but he potentially might be. If if I'd seen enough go, nah, he's not, which if this was LDU, I'd probably sitting there and going, he's got a really hard run starting in about two, three weeks' time. And what we've seen already and him averaging 100 um, are coming from averaging or costing us 93, I probably would have traded him to Zeeble and got a rookie up to a mid pricer.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's 100% case-by-case case basis and you're going to have to assess as well where you are in your sort of hat chase or if you're just going for your league rankings, etc. as to what, how
2: aggressive you, you are. All right. Um, yeah, homes- and, and, and it's really important that you, you think about it this way. Uh, a top person in the line, so uh, a Bose, a Cole, you keep. The rest – you make a smart move. Oh, you dog! Some, I I, I, I was starting to drift
0: off again, and then didn't really hear what you were saying. And then I just got me back in right at the end. Thanks, Data. Uh, all right, Holmesy. I just want to touch base with you. This is the last hot topic for this week. A lot of our listeners chimed in on the questions to get this one answered. Rookies are dropping off, and we're trying to find those new ones, but. We've got a segment later on, which is Tommy's 2s, where he'll go through the emerging guys that might be those 200K potential options or or some of the cheaper ones. But what are the current actually playing rookies with low break-evens that you think have the most job security? I might just throw a couple of names at you because I think they're probably the the talk of town at the moment and and add some more. But Seamus Mitchell, defender forward from Hawthorne, he scored a 64 in pretty low time on ground with a negative 2 break-even. And then... And Matt Roberts, who was the sub three times before getting a gig for Sydney, he's now a midfield forward. So I think he was also one of the DPP additions, getting that additional forward status, scored a 64 last round with a six break even. Do either of those tempt you, Holmesy? And um, who would be your kind of top players in that in that sort of scenario, those rookies?
1: Yeah, Doss. I I will just preface this by saying first that I didn't actually see a lot of footy from the weekend. Being out of the country, um, it wasn't really possible to watch any footy. Um, the thing that I really want to say is that none of the rookies coming through really have any great job security. Um, yeah, they've scored well on the weekend, but you know Matt Roberts, for example, playing for a Sydney side that are clearly hunting a flag. Um, three sub games already shows that he's really right on the the border of that best 22 and at any point he could be that sub or even be out again so you know if you're trading into him now you really got to be confident that you're going to get four or five games out of him otherwise he's just going to be a sub 300k rookie that hasn't made enough money for us to really be able to upgrade Um, Mitchell played well on the weekend plays for Hawthorne who is rebuilding so you would think that he's got a fair bit of opportunity there but we just have to look to uh, North Melbourne on the weekend and Hawks the weekend before these young sides, they get they get absolutely pumped and they don't score. So if he comes in and he has a few games where they get pumped and he only scores some 30s and 40s, then his cash gen is going to be quite low too. So it's, uh, it's, it's really tough and I've been saying this with Louis for most of the season that maybe this is the year that we need to take more of a punt on these mid-price players because... Even some of our better rookies, your Jimbies, your McKenzies, um, your Chandlers, they're sort of topping out at that 460 to 500 range. And if they're not getting up any higher than that, then a one out, one down, one up's only going to get you to that low 700, high 700 range. And in a couple of weeks' time, our underpriced premiums are going to be too expensive to get to. So it's a really interesting... Um, time of the season, and I'm interesting. I'm interested to talk to you guys in our roundtable segment about whether it really is upgrade season because I find it really hard that we're going to be going one down, one up, really getting to players that we we actually really want.
0: All right. Well, before we do get to our roundtable segment, I'm going to just skip straight to Tommy's twos to get a few more of those rookie options for you.
3: G'day guys, another edition of Tommy's 2's here. Um, There was no sample this week, so the Crows and Power Reserves obviously didn't uh, take the park. Um, And the Dogs, GWS and Gold Coast also had buyers in the VFL. We'll get into it and the first one I'll mention is Alex Chincotta from Carlton. He's a basement price defender who who will surely um, get a look in, you'd think, with Adam Saad out of the side um, with an injury. He had a game-high 34 touches in the VFL, and um, it looks pretty set to debut as a, a sort of half-back. Um, another one from Carlton worth mentioning is Jackson Bins. Now, he, he continues to rack them up, and this is his first year in the system. He had 29 on the weekend and is um, a, a clear ball winner. Um, he's priced at 238K as a mid-forward option. Another one to mention is Ben Hobbs from Essendon. Um, in his second year in the system, 541k forward. He had 30 disposals and nine clearances, so he should get a look in soon. Uh, perhaps this week with the Bombers, um, obviously missing Zach Merritt for the ANZAC Day clash. While we're on the topic of Essendon, we'll mention Nick Bryan, the ruckman, and Brett Montgomery, the uh, the uh, medium defender. They're also names to look out for. Both um, had strong games in the VFL on the weekend and um, and might be in the frame for Brad Scott's side. And Josh Weddle from Hawthorne, he's a 266k defender, um, but capable of, of also playing in the midfield. I really like him. He was a, a high draft pick last year. Um, and with Hawthorne obviously in, in, in rebuild mode, um, he looks certain to um, to get a look in at some stage this year. I know Sam Mitchell likes him. Um, it's whether he plays down back or is thrown higher up the ball, but up, up the field, sorry. But he, um, he he looks good and should get a crack soon. Thanks to Tommy Wyman for that info.
0: You can catch him on Twitter at Tom M Wyman. Uh, he's been a great resource for the Keeper League guys as well, just doing some rookie stuff. He's he's a lead out there. But we will have some options potentially coming through for us. And some of the ones he flagged just there, guys, are you, any interest from you, Stato? If we do see a Chinkotta, I think that's probably the one that a lot of coaches are looking at. For 200k, we've just seen another injury um, in the Carlton defence in Saad out. Stato, any interest in jumping straight onto a Chinkotta? Given those, maybe some of those question marks that Holmesy just mentioned before?
2: Yeah, there'll be some interest because of the the role and got Day out. So Gene <clears throat> Cotter might be a, an, an option to actually have on the field for one week um, to replace Day. Uh, although I've done a fair bit of research on his um, VFL form and over the past three years he can be a bit up and down. But it's varying on what roles he's played, etc. But the the one he's practising for and both Sard and Doherty out, there's a chance he might get a gig. Um, and if he does, he might be a worthwhile punt. But his job security is not going to be fantastic. Saad comes back in, he probably loses his spot. But if he plays well enough, he might replace Cowan.
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic point, Stato. And the one I was going to make, if you didn't make it, I think I would lean more in the camp of giving him a week just to see how he how he lines up in that Carlton side. If he if he is named, he's not going to go up a huge amount of cash if he does have a good score. And then we just wait when Sard comes back, um, when McGovern comes back, um, if any of, you know, if Doherty comes back earlier, a few of these other players, just to see if he holds his spot. And if he plays well and holds his spot, then we know that his job security is going to be um, a lot stronger. But I just think back to two years ago with the Jay Rantel. Um, He had decent VFL numbers as well. And he's come in and played one game, barely scored, and then he's out. And then you're stuck with a 200K rookie on your bench that you can't do anything with. So for that reason, I'm I'm more likely to just wait a week on him. Um, But, you know, of all the rookies coming through, mature age has been scoring in the VFL and it does seem like there's an opportunity there this week. I could see why coaches would go there, but it's just not for me on the first game.
2: Yeah, I'm generally on the same point of view. I just might be under a bit of pressure this week, uh, holding two premiums on the bench um, to try and sort of do a bit of damage control. So I'll I'll see what pops up. I'll see what selections are there. I I don't really want to field Cowan again. Um, I think that's the wrong move. Um, so we'll see what, what transpires with selection, DOS.
0: All righty. Uh, my next thing, we're going to observations in our roundtable. You mentioned it before, Holmesy, and I might kick us off in this segment. I just wanted to mention something I've noticed or something that I think is really important at this time of year In the next couple of weeks. Um, we often find that, you know, whether, that, whether it's an injury or whether it's a role change, it's just so important to keep an eye at this time of the season, or or even a game plan switch um, when things aren't working, feel like now is the time to really see those things happen. And there's a couple of players that I've just you know got here that we've clearly seen some role changes early in the season, and that may be still value. And you know uh, you know showing Darcy Cameron from last year when when the injury happened, and then he goes on a tear. It's happened multiple times. It always happens in a season. And we see coaches suddenly get new favorites. So I just want to say it's it's really important. It's an obvious point, but it's so important. And I think there's a couple of guys this week in particular that I'd like to talk about that are the – Some of the hottest topics that we didn't mention in Hot Topics this week and and that I've really got my eye on and and that a lot of listeners were keen to talk about. I'm just going to talk about them right now. Chase Jones, who I did hear on Hat Chat, you mentioned, Stato, thank you for giving me some props there. I did mention it in our group chat. Obviously, we had the Spaces session last week, so I, I didn't manage to get that on the airwaves, but Chase Jones, clear... Whether it's a role change, he, he does have the defensive status. He's moved into a wing this year and he's just looking super confident in the role. But it's something that he's now taken on for two straight games, um, looking fantastic doing it and clearly has the coach's confidence, had back to back coaches' votes, had those three votes. I really like looking at those coaches' votes sometimes just to see, you know how they're rating their players and kind of give you an idea, yeah, okay, that guy did his role. And if he scored well, you can have a little bit more confidence. So let's first touch on Chase Jones. I want to get your thoughts, Holmesy, because we haven't heard yours yet on on the Chase Jones. CJ. Yeah,
1: Dossie, I know you're big on him and I know Stato's been big on him. I'm still a little bit unsure. Um, you speak about a role change and he's moved on to a wing. Is his role really that much different to what he's been playing last year? I know he was a bit of a, you know, a defender in and out of the side. Um, I just worry. He's had two good scores in a row, but they've had two pretty convincing wings. Correct. And I know that they've got the Hawks this this round, but then they have Collingwood after that. I, I don't have the rest of the fixture off the top of my head, but I remember looking at it thinking, you know, it's a pretty tough, tough run coming up. And I had a look on the Marrera's Magic um, website if, jo- if Jones averages 75 from here for the next five rounds, he's going to make 130K. And if he averages 85 from here, he's going to make 183K. So it's a little bit in that sort of Liam Stocker mould, which I did take the punt on two weeks ago, I-, I will admit. But if Jones comes out and has a 40 or a 50 against Collingwood because we know that wing rotation is up and down, then that's going to halt all his cash gen and then you're stuck with another mid-pricer that you might not have enough cash to get up. So that would be my only worry. Um, But you are right. I can't knock that he's looked absolutely sensational in the three games that he's played so far. He's had very good points per minute. Stato, I know you're going to tell me that I'm wrong. No, no,
2: I'm actually not. Um, So there's two other things we need to add on there. I I think we need to be really careful when we make these calls. And I will say, Holmes, I'm I'm keen on having him um, for two reasons. Scores on field, so it's not a rookie. So I'm comfortable that he's going to be over and above uh, and secondly, the the cash generation. So, um, and when we get to your talking point, I, th- I think you're going to raise exactly why I'm looking at these type of options because we're actually not we're not in the space to actually get the premiums at the moment. So the thing to be really mindful of, DOS, I, I had no, I wasn't jumping on an Adelaide player against Colton because it's a tough matchup. Now whether that's because it was gather round in Adelaide or whatever, Colton were off. They were just not on that day and Adelaide were all over them. I think Adelaide are a very much improved team but I don't think that they're top four material. I think Colton are top four material. So out of the two games that he's played well, it's um, Fremantle and Colton and I will say be mindful, he's also playing a wing position. Um, Josh Kelly spent more time on the wing this week, had to go as your captain. So that that's the fear. C- so just, just note yep. that. Two good wins playing on a, on a wing. His run is Hawthorne, which is juicy. So next week it's a cash grab. At Utah's. And, and, and it's being ready to, to jump off because after that is Collingwood, Geelong, St Kilda, Western Bulldogs, Brisbane Lions. That is a tough run up until two rounds before his bye. Yep. Um,
0: yes. I, I agree, and they're, they're good flags. I also see many of the positives. And, and just to finish off and wrap up this Chase Jones convo, because Chase Jones, who would have ever thought preseason we'd be talking about this guy? Yeah, I'm probably his, I've been his biggest um denier over the years. I, I was like this, you know, I, I felt he was in the super draft or one of the super drafts with Walsh, number one, like a bunch of absolute elite picks. I think he went pick, was it pick nine? Uh, so, he was definitely top ten. Um and I was like, gee, what Adelaide made a big boo boo here. But he's just he's a hard worker. But what I do think is that um he's finally coming into his own but I feel like the wings this year, there's a couple of teams that are utilising them a bit different and I feel like Adelaide's one. He is just sitting off – he's playing an incredibly defensive role and he's sitting off the back of that pack. So, anyway, that's kind of just where I lead. He, just, we just need to share the, the flags imposing. rather than
2: just pump up and make sure realise there's risk Correct. coming with this pick. Yeah. <coughs> and I will well, say, getting on, risk. getting on Chase Jones is last week – Or this week. It's the only two options. So if you don't do it now, it's all over. There's no point getting him and running into Collingwood, Geelong, St Kilda, Western Bulldogs, Brisbane Lions because his money will stop building in about three weeks.
0: From CJ to JJ, Jason Johannesson, and ninety-eight points on the weekend. Are we just? We don't need to probably have the same discussion. Is this similar? the The difference is here. Johannesson's done this in the past. It, you know, it was about five or six years ago. But suddenly, Bevo's remembered this guy was a dominant halfback at one time in his life. Won the Norm Smith in a similar role and was a driving force of the Dogs' um, flag back in the day. So. Can we trust this a little bit more? He's 30 years old. Is this a is this a now or never situation, Holmesy, as well? But do you have a little bit more added confidence that we've seen a role change? He's now a defender. He's forward defender status as well. And is Johannesson in your plans potentially as well?
1: Yeah, Dos, um, he is, to be honest. And I will preface it by saying that all of the same flags with his cash gen are the same as Chase Jones. But you are right, there is a clear role change there. He's now gone straight back into defence. He's been taking kickouts, albeit still sharing, but he has been getting kickouts. And the one thing I did notice that he was actually sitting out in that pocket a lot, um, getting that little chip out from the kick-ins as well. So they clearly like his ball use in his run back there. And you can add in that Caleb Daniels now got forward status, which shows that um, he's been playing a lot more forward and midfield as well, which is another body out of there. So... Johansson is clearly an option. The, the one thing that kind of gets it over the line for me is the fact they have Frio this week, which has been a pretty soft matchup for defenders at Opta Stadium. And then he goes into Hawthorne as well. So that's two pretty good matchups that you'd hope you'd get two good scores. You know, hopefully bank almost 100k there. And then you can get up to a premium defender after that. Um, but yeah. Being Bulldogs, being Bevo, I I know exactly firsthand with what is happening to McRae this year that there's every chance next week Johansson's back playing forward or out of the side. So that comes with its own risk as well, Stater.
2: Yeah, the the only flag I'd raise is Hayden Crozier has been out of the team, started the season really well. Um, I, I haven't seen the vision of every game to see the trigger point. But it seems that when he got injured and dropped out is when Johannesson went back. He is available, so just be mindful of selections.
1: That's that. And the other thing I will say is I'm always wary of picking the players that are sort of third in line for that distributing role. And... Ed Richards has gone to it. You know He's taken his game to another level this year. They've really liked what he's doing. And and Bailey Dale's still the main guy back there. Yeah, he's horribly out of form at the moment and, and not really getting it done. But you'd think at some stage he improves as well. So, yeah, Johanneson's really a, a four-week play here and you hope yeah. that he gets two really good scores away in the next two games but comes with risk just the same as it does with Jones. But if you are going from, say, a McKenzie up to Johansson and mckenzie's cash stalls and Johansson's goes the other way then that's a good way to make some cash absolutely
2: and so obviously with this lack of cash being generated by the rookies i'm, I'm going one of them um i would prefer to see jj's role once crozier's back in the team first
0: Okay. Well, the bit of solace that I take is that Johansson literally only moved positions because he was getting tagged <laughs> out of his skin because he was playing way too well at half back in the day. That's the whole reason he moved to a half forward, a wing, wherever they and could try and fit him because he was just years, dominating at half back. Yeah, it took him that long to get back there. So, hopefully at 30 years old, he can pull off a... Um, miraculous turnaround. All right. This has been a long round table. Apologies. We're going to have to smash some um, players from the listeners right at the end, but Stato and Holmesy, do you want to take us through your points? Um, maybe let's go Holmesy first.
2: Yeah. I actually think both yeah, points my- actually link to the same thing. Okay.
1: Yeah. mine's Mine's been pretty well covered Dossie, and, and that's the fact that, you know, all I'm hearing on all the podcasts at the moment is we're in upgrade season. We're in upgrade season. And, I don't think we are. I don't think we've we've had the rookies really fatten enough that are going to get us down and up to um, the real underpriced premiums, especially not the midfielders. We're still 100 to 150k short. So that is why, as Stato mentioned, we are looking at these Chase Jones, Jason Johannesson types because I think they're going to play a pivotal role this year in getting us that extra sort of 100, 120k that we need um, to, get our, to get ourselves up to the premiums that we need. So I wouldn't be too quick this week to jump off Some of these rookies, because A, we're going to need rookies to play in their spots. The rookies that coaches are looking to get off are are Jinbys, Chandlers and McKenzies, who have all been playing on-field roles for us. And all it takes next week is for these rookies to be dropped that we've gone down to and and we're in a lot of trouble on-field, Stato, would you agree?
2: Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Um, I I think we don't lose the focus of getting rookies off-field. I think one of the key things is the best way it works is you downgrade a rookie that's off-field and upgrade a rookie that is on-field. And I think we all um, would probably have some rookies that we wish weren't on-field. So they're the ones you probably want to move up. But you're right, we're not generating enough cash to get ourselves to a premium. I will say I'm really hopeful next week... My upgrade is to an underpriced premium um, that I won't mention anything about until next week, depending on how he goes this,
1: this round.
2: The
0: ghost Stato,
1: just on that. Just on that, mate, can you just give us an example of a, a rookie that's on your bench that you'd be willing to trade down to get up? Because I kind of look at it at the moment. I've managed to swing McKenzie onto my bench, but even a McKenzie sitting at 440K, if a – Basement rookie comes on. You're still only making 240k yep. from that trade that you're then putting on top of a Chandler or a Jinby that's getting to the low seven hundred. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not just, really getting. This you're not why really
2: you're going in mid price of this early. So yep. that's why I'm looking at the the Jones and JJ. If I could actually get to a premium, I would, mate. But it, it's not in the realm at the at this point.
1: And uh, knowing you, Stato, I reckon I, I know who the underpriced premium is that it. you might be targeting, but I'll... Give me the initials. South Park? South Park? No, no,
2: but uh, uh, I oh, have... wow.
1: But ironically,
2: the same team, so there you go.
1: God. No, you're not... Wow. Oh, no, nah, nah. I'm not going to let you trade him in. I know who you're talking <laughs> who about. Who am yeah, I talking on. about? Not Ollie Wines, No,
2: shit, no. Shit, no. No. <laughs> oh, all
1: right. Dan, I'll, stop, I'll stop Dan. I'll stop Dan, guessing.
2: It is Dan. Yeah, Dan so I've got Wilson. my eye on yeah. Dan. He's dropped just over 100K. He's got the best run. Um, I need around 15 in my defence. Um, he's right on that 700K mark, um, which is uh, uh, well under what he can do. And it looks like right. he's turned his form around and got a really good run. So... I'm giving him one more week. He's got to break even at 78. So if he does go really well, he's not going to go up too much. So, got my eye on him mainly because of the run. But it's only to the buys player.
0: Got to get you off the show, mate. You're going to lose your hat dropping these bombs in the in the. Uh, you don't give that. You don't give these. I like the butters call. To us. That,
2: that it is a really good call.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to get on to those very moment. It's great. It's a great segue into our CBA trends brought to you by Keeper League Pod. Um, As always, this episode is brought to you by the Keeper League. So, just remember though, not just for your Keeper Leagues, their website, thekeeperleaguepod.com.au, has a ton of resources to help you with your classic teams as well, including what I've been checking out, the CBA data, and also those kick-in trends as well. So, these are the main ones I've been using the last few weeks. There's plenty of other resources there for coaches that want to dive even deeper. But if you do check out their the website, keepleadpod.com.au support us as well by supporting them. Use the code podpod at sign up and get yourself 20% off their little annual membership there. So it's a full year you get and you get all that package for the full year. Um all right so this segment's called I diddle diddle.
2: Straight through
0: Looking at some really quick trends, you just mentioned butters. So, that's two weeks in a row that he has jumped his center bounces way up there compared to his usual average. So... Last round, he was at 64% center bounce attendances. He's only averaging 43% for the year. So, that's back-to-back 60%. And that, that to me, you know, that's a big role change. We mentioned how earlier in the round t- table discussion, you look for role changes. Port weren't getting it done in the midfield. They've moved Butters in there. Let's talk to a, a Butters neutral. Holmesy, are you a fan of this as well? Um, under 700K at the moment.
1: Yeah, what I'll do is I'll sort of present the negative and then I'll let Stato talk about his boy. And there's no doubt that um, Zach Butters seems to have turned a corner with that huge spike in CBAs. But the slight flag is that how many times have we seen this from Zach Butters before where he has a spike in CBAs, a spike in roll, he's up, he either gets injured, you know, something happens, he's out of the CBA rotation and maybe there is just a, a case of we've seen this before and he's ready to, to hurt us again. Um and I suppose who they had a good win on the weekend. I can't remember who they played the week before, but I think they had a. Can you remember Dossie who they played the week before? But I think they might have had a win as well. Um, so that's two two wins. Potentially they didn't. I could be lying there, but Sydney.
3: Uh, Sydney. Point yeah, win. Sorry.
1: Yep, they did have a win. So although a tough a tough win. I, just, I, I still worry about Zach Butters. He still only has mid to high 70s time on ground. He relies heavily on high disposals and kicking goals. He's not really tackling at the moment. So is that sustainable? I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, you can't really knock the roll at the moment. And if that continues, no doubt he could push the top six forward. So Stato, what are your thoughts on Butters?
2: Oh, look, uh, he's just one of my favourite players, full stop. So not talking about the fantasy bit, I just love watching him play. He's just amazing. You're right, the way he plays, and probably the reason why I love him so much, um, makes him at such higher risk um, for injuries because for some reason this boy loves the collision. So it's it's a risk, but God, I one day, well, one year it's just gonna fall into place and he's gonna be one of the best players in the competition. So this is a this is a potential Brownlow winner, Butters, if he can stay on the park in full form for twenty two or twenty three rounds now.
0: All right, I won't touch on these guys because we'll have to wait and see if they ever become uh, classic relevant, but Billy Frampton and Ben Miller from Richmond and Collingwood there, or Collingwood and Richmond respectively there, um, upping their center bounce attendances as they became the primary ruck for their teams um, in dire circumstances. So, Ben Miller obviously, and Billy Frampton both just draft relevant. Brayden Farrini getting uh, up in the 50% centre-bounce attendances, showing a little bit of a midfield mix for Stewie Jew. But anyway, that's where you can check him out, .au, um for your centre-bounce attendances. I think Josh Rashelli as well is probably the most relevant guy that's been spending a fair bit more time in the midfield this year. But let's get into some players that – The listeners have requested. And you know what, lads? We are running super short on time. So, what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to do the first ever segment, Steal. We're going to steal a podcast segment. Why not just do it anyway and call it exactly what they call it? The Plus Six podcast, a favorite of ours here. Um, Make necessary adjustments as news comes to hand, of course, but we're going to do like or dislike. Shout out to Pete and Jep. Go listen to them as well. But we're going to do like or dislike so we can smash through these podcast listener requests um, at PodPod Pod, AFL on Twitter that have come through. Let's just go straight away and go back and forth between you two.
1: Zach Butters, homesy. Yeah, it's a like, um, but still all the flags that I mentioned before. Stephen Cornelio. It's a Stato. love from it's me. A- it's a
0: bloody love from me. Cornelio Stato. Yeah, you got a lot. Butters versus Cogs too. A question? Others. Ooh, be cool. All right, Chase. Price, Price, Price. Yep, Chase Jones, Holmesy. Final call. Oh, we've touched on it. We've. Tu- I'm a, I'm a dislike. I'm a dislike. And JJ, for you, Stato, you're a like on this one? Yeah, yeah. I am a like. All right. Uh, just a question here as well. Um, I think we've touched on it a little bit, but what about a double trade of Chandler McKenzie to a Jones-Johannison? Could you do both, Holmesy?
1: Uh, yeah, you could. Someone that has a bit of cash in the bank, you definitely could look at it. Um, the really annoying thing about the way the fixture has lined up this week is that you're going to have to lock Johannesson in on the Friday night before you know whether Chandler has made the team on Monday. Correct. So that is a really tough one for coaches. And if you do lock in a Johannesson, then you are kind of hamstrung with your second trade. So it is, it is not for the brave, but yeah, there's definitely merit to it.
0: Jordan Dawson
1: like or dislike
0: there, but it's more for the fact that he's now costly, Stato, keen, still like.
2: Uh, look, how do you get to him without side, um, um, sideways trading? Um, so, look, I think Dawson – so agreeing a to Dawson is doable this week.
1: Okay. Uh, he's been that dominant and – we have not really seen a tag too much this season. It's been very overplayed and it's definitely cost me with a Nick Dacos. But, man, if teams don't start putting some time into Dawson, yeah, he's still going to tackle and, yeah, he's going to slide back. But surely they've got to do something to stop him being so dominant from that midfield. He is just playing on an- another level at the moment.
0: So, yeah, yeah Hawthorne will. I guess that was one of the questions from the listeners. Can we afford to wait on him if we don't have him? So, I guess that's what you've got to weigh up.
2: He's got to... Tough matchups now. Hawthorne should be um, uh, a good matchup, but you've got to think that they're going to put pressure on Dawson. So they, they actually did it last week, and I, I think they did it the right way. And then he's got the Collingwood matchup, who are actually a tough midfield to score against. What
0: about Dawson versus Laird? Was
2: another question just
0: related to Dawson, Holmesy.
1: Oh, I'd be going Laird, I think. Uh, it's, he's been up and down but I just keep coming back to the fact that Laird normally builds and it would not surprise me if he's a 110 averaging midfielder from here on out that we've got at a, a serious discount from where he started the season Joshua Shelley state a like or dislike
0: 656k more mid-time forward mid def, uh, forward mid and Hawthorne this week
2: love him as a player but dislike him as a bringing in now if you started with him kudos to you Hayden Young,
0: Holmesy down to 728k. Uh, what do owners do there? And a like or dislike, I guess, here.
1: Yeah, it has to be a dislike, unfortunately. I know a lot of coaches were pretty hot on him in the preseason, uh, but Freo have dropped off the map with how they're playing their footy at the moment and they're just not really clicking. So until we see that turn around, um, I wouldn't be jumping on him just yet. Of
0: course, I had to fall on Stato for this one. Caleb Sarong, like or dislike Stato.
2: I totally dislike that four thousand coaches have already brought him in. Leave my pot alone. <laughs> <home.
3: laughs>
0: yeah, he's killing it this year. Holmesy, I think you've got an interesting take on Sarong though. Do you want to take it away what you mentioned to me off off air?
1: Oh, nah, Dos, I he he actually looks like he's overtaken Andy Brayshaw in that midfield as the number one man and he's just been he I got this one wrong. I, I thought that Will Brody would keep keep his um, role going and I thought Jago O'Meara would slot in pretty seamlessly but the fact that Jago O'Meara is nowhere to be seen and Will Brody's a little bit out of touch, um, there's that much ball for Sarong in that midfield at the moment and maybe the tags do start to come as Ross the boss in round one um, said and tagged ahead of Brayshaw and he's far more damaging but until that happens, um, Caleb Sarong's a very good pick at the moment.
2: Uh, I, I will say I, I'm I always had this theory a little bit concerned that if you allow someone to go on a run like this, you're paying for previous scores. So you've got to be really mindful and, and check what he's, uh, he's priced at. Uh, now, I'd have to have a look, but I, I'm well and truly it's... Uh, um,
1: it's 891 uh, k Stato, so that's going to be... Around that sort of one hundred three mark, one hundred
2: two, yeah, yeah, yeah. one hundred and three, one hundred and four, and so that that I think he's not going to average too much more than that for the remainder of the year. I think he's a what he's shown at the moment is one hundred five. He won't continue um, one ten plus. Uh, I don't think that's him to the remainder of the season because you will get attention. Brody will be back in the team full time very soon.
1: The one thing I will quickly say about Sarong before we move on is I am also wary about players that are sort of playing out of their skin and they have roles that aren't sustainable. So I'm not saying Sarong's going to be out of the midfield, but 90% CBAs on the weekend. Um, history shows that only the very, very elite players in the competition think of Lockie Neal. Um, can have that role and just play that role for the whole season without breaking down or, or needing to drop it off a little bit. So if we do see a little bit of reduction of his CBAs and, and he starts to tire as the season goes out, then maybe he does drop back to that sort of 100-102 and, and you are getting what you pay for, but can't knock what he's done so far to start the year.
2: Oh, the breakout is real.
0: Liam Baker, like or dislike, Stato, uh, 728K defender forward. Looks like a Xavier Ellis' pick has come to fruition here from uh, Maria's Magic podcast. Uh,
2: he was one that I looked at that preseason game and going, is this real? Is this real? I don't want to take the punt. I wish I did. Um, I probably, it's a bit like Zeeble. I, I haven't got 100% faith in either of them, that that they actually keep that role that they've currently got for good. So do I think either of them are are actually top six material at the moment they seem to be? But whether they are at the end, I'm a little bit unsure. So it's one I feel like as a... uh, If I wasn't a Sarong owner, I don't think I'd be jumping on Sarong. I'm not jumping on Baker, so therefore i probably dislike. But if he does keep that role when Short comes in or doesn't get a little closed down role at some stage, um, then he could be one I missed and uh, a top pick for those that started with him. Noah Anderson, Holmesie.
1: Uh Yeah, so back-to-back good scores for Noah Anderson. Um, I'm always wary of those Gold Coast players. They don't have a high team fantasy score and, Generally, they start pretty well. They win a few games early and then they taper off towards the end of the year and, and they've started poorly this year. So you'd think that um, Gold Coast aren't going to go too well for this year. And if you're someone like me that has Took Miller and, and has Took Miller in your sights, then I'd be wary of having two players from the Gold Coast in your team. So for that reason, I'm a dislike. Um, but coaches that got him in last week or even before that 159, they're, they're definitely not trading him out now. He's, he's um, come come back to life, which is good to see. Lockie Whitfield, Stato.
2: Yeah, I like. There's risk with it, but I like it. He's he's dropped down 76k. He obviously had that concussion round one. Starting to hit a f- bit of form now. Uh, his last three averages 89. I won't do it yet myself, to be honest. But um, I, I think he's worth the punt. Callum Quick question
1: off the cuff, yeah. Stato. Sorry, Dossie. Um, Isaac coming or Locky Whitfield?
2: Oh, I, I, my question to you guys about hundred times during the weekend is coming back. Is coming back. Is coming back. Um, I, I'm probably Whitfield over Cumming and they're basically the same price now. Cummings' average is just above, um, but they've got the same three game average. He's 113 this week. Coming just come out of nowhere. Um, but Whitfield and Ash seem to, to share it between each other a fair bit. So they wax off each other. So I think Whitfield's still got a higher ceiling.
0: As, uh, as I was about to say there, Holmesy Callum Mills, 123K down this year and playing in
1: defence this week. Yeah, look, 0% CBAs, Dossie. Um, look, I think he's someone that we just put in our back pocket for now. And we see whether or not yeah. he gets defensive status in round 11 or whether uh, we do see a real uptick in CBAs, but it's going to be really hard to trust that role moving forward. And it really seems like Warner, Goulden, uh, Robottom, Parker are the, the four preferred guys in there. And, and Longmire just likes to have Mills as his Mr Fix-It around the ground. So if he is that Mr Fix-It around the ground, he's going to have his high scores and he's going to have his low scores and he's not going to be a top eight mid.
0: Gee, Mark Blitzars has come up here. Um now, 115000 down, but it's due to Reece Stanley going down injured. And I've got to say, our, our very own Harmy's been one that's flagged it in our group chat. So, I don't know what Harmy's up to this weekend, but midfielder Ruckstater, like or dislike the Blitz?
2: Yeah, I haven't looked at his price. 685 k My automatic gut feel
3: is dislike.
2: 685 k Yeah, my, my automatic gut feel is dislike. Chad Warner
0: with uh, the bulk of CBAs at Sydney, Holmesy?
1: Uh, a bit like the Butters mould. Absolutely love him as a player, but he's one that is very, very damaging as a footballer in real life. And I think when these tags do start to come a little bit more into fruition later on down the year, he's the first one that they shut down. So I think he's going to have his high scores and his low scores, um, which means he's probably not going to be a top eight mid. His value, but how much value, I'm not too sure.
0: Okay. Uh, Will Phillips Stato three ninety eight k, so he's already put on one hundred and twenty eight k on his starting price. Everyone jumped off, or well, seemingly not everyone, but many coaches jumped off when he was the sub um, early days. But now he's got a seemingly a good role in the midfield. Lots of centre bounces. Um, was played a really good game on the weekend despite the loss. And I guess the question is, is it too late for him? Because now Simpkins gone down, um, and he's got, he's got the TBC next to him on the uh, on the injury list will Phillips seemingly got a midfield role there too late for will Phillips sooner a like or dislike there I uh, dislike okay um the rest of our players here we've pretty much touched on throughout the uh throughout the pod but I, I just want literally a like or dislike for these guys Asava Radigalea, Holmesy? Dislike. like Matt Roberts like chinkotta if named. Like in a week's time. Seamus Mitchell. Liked what I saw. Jared Lyons. (laughs) Dislike. (laughs) Just doing what the listeners are asking of me. Will Brody. By the way, you paid out Will Brody before. Well, you said he isn't up to scratch, but uh, seeing him live, he changed the game for Freo, and I reckon he needs to be back in. He he was outstanding live. (laughs) um, Unreal.
1: Already confirmed on uh, uh, Longmuir today that um, he's coming back in. So, one to watch, but um, you're not taking the punt on a third no. midfielder behind Brayshaw and Snow. You'll not. be able
0: to pick him up in a couple of weeks. And only idiots started with him. <laughs> yeah, you. I know, right? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. We had one more question from Steve, Classic Not Draft Fizz. Can you talk about Johannesson, please? He reckons he's a nice sideways from Chandler. Also, is the Statesman single? My grandma thinks he sounds hot. Cheers, guys. Big fan from uh, a familiar guy, formerly a draft draft expert there, Stato, Stevie Fizz. Yeah, piss
1: off. Is he actually killing he's, it? His his draft team must be in the absolute toilet if he's um, getting this <laughs> he, heavily into classic.
0: Is, is the joke – is he actually yeah. smashing classic? Like, I don't –
2: He's smashing, is mate. He? he is just yeah. He's t- he's he, well. He's sort of well ahead of your uh, yeah right, uh, right, score, right, right, right. All right. Well, I think and I just, just for the just, listeners, um, um, the reason why I mention only idiots would uh, start with Will Brody uh, working on what happened last year and the fact that the preseason went really well. Dossie did start with Will Brody. It's a bit unlucky. It's ended up the way it did because actually reading the form and actually didn't sound a bad pick. Does it?
0: Yes. And Sarong was his, the other his. option for me in that situation as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it, was, it was him, Sarong or, to, or Tom Green who I, who I didn't go. Um, so yeah, I picked the worst of the three and that's how the season is going. But like I said, just giving you guys a head start. Well, Thanks, guys, for listening to another episode of the Pod Pod. That'll wrap us up. Pretty solid episode here, lads. I would have thought Louis didn't make it back. Obviously, the power is still dead down at Louisville. Does have Harry Sheaslin in his keeper league. We'll have to touch on that next time we hear from Lou, Lads, thanks very much for your time. And um, any final messages heading into the next round here?
1: Keep on the game plan. Yeah. Just don't significantly ruin your team just for this one round. Just long game, make sure you're playing for the long game and it'll all work out.
0: Chase Jones and JJ, let's go, baby! See you next week.